Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and it's the day that we celebrate uh, the, 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 the Holy Spirit filling the church, baptizing the church with the, uh, in, the, in the power and glory of the Holy Spirit. And so we're kicking off this series because we believe that we're in a season of resetting some things here at Vertical Church. And so, man, I can't, I, every week I'm just excited, and to tell you the truth, I have no idea how long this series is going to be. It'll be as long as it is. Let's just let's just put it that way, okay? And so today, what I wanted to do, and I know several of you have already uh, heard bits and pieces of this story, but when I was when I was eight or nine years old, and I don't remember when because it, you know, as you get older, dates kind of disappear. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about. Um, when I was eight or nine years old, I, that's when I first gave my life to Jesus. And I may not remember the exact date, but I can recall the setting perfectly. It was a sweaty revival service at the Crawley Creek Church of God. And the, 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 the preacher, the evangelist, hadn't even gotten up to preach yet. They were, the choir was still singing. And I just remember feeling just completely caught up in the presence of God. And there was a lot of crying. And I'll just be real with you. It was loud. It was really loud. And people were on this side talking and people were on that side talking. And one of the ladies of the church, she just got in front of me and she said, uh, have, you, have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? And in all the tears and stuff, I'm like, no. And she, she led me uh, through that prayer. And now that was over 30 years ago. But I'm still wrestling with what it means to, to live as a follower of Jesus in the world today. Like, how do I know what to do? And when I know what to do, how do I actually do it, right? Like, how do I have the courage sometimes or the, the, the level of obedience that I need to do what I already know to do? But even more than that, like I'm a pastor, but I still ask the question, like what is, what is church? And what, what does it look like? And what should it look like? And, and why should I or you or anybody be part of one? And so that's why I'm so excited about this Reset series, because we're going to dive in to the early church, like the, the beginnings of this movement that's taken the world by storm, and we're going to discover not... We're going to discover God's design and purpose and the power that really drives the church family. But here's the deal. The goal in this series, because we're going through the book of Acts, the goal is not for you to become an expert on the book of Acts. That's not the goal. The goal isn't for all, all of us, you know, when this series wraps up, to just have a bunch of notes on the book of Acts and have a lot more information. No, the goal is to, is to be so marked by the presence of God, so, so changed by, by time spent in his word, uh, time spent studying how he moved then, that we go into our worlds with the same power that the disciples had, and we see God do what he did in their lifetime in ours. 
You see, the disciples, they had Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, right? Well, we've got, we've got Chesapeake and Virginia Beach and Norfolk, right? Like, come on, you read through the book of Acts. They've got Antioch and Athens. Well, we've got Williamsburg and Richmond. Let's go. Come on, somebody, right? Like, we can, we can, our, our goal is not to increase our knowledge. Here's our goal, to increase, to increase our power and our obedience. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for our church. That as we go through this series, as we study this book together, that, that the, the power of the Holy Spirit in our church family would increase, and so would the level of our obedience to his word. And to do that, it's a communal experience. Like tomorrow, tomorrow, June 1st, we're kicking off a 28-day reading plan, a chapter a day to take us through the book of Acts in the month of June. You'll finish on, on Sunday, June 28th, if you start tomorrow. And we're going to do it in our Facebook, Vertical Church Friends and Family Facebook group. So if you haven't joined that group, join that group because every day we're just going to post the reference, Acts chapter 1, and then we're going to load the comments down with what God is revealing to us in his word. And, and hey, you want to take an extra challenge? Read two chapters a day and read through the whole book twice. Come on. Now just stay with us though on the friends and family and you, you, you know what I'm saying, like don't get ahead of us in the comment section. Just comment what you read about in chapter two and how God spoke to you. You want to go through it three times, read three chapters. Anyway, you get it. So um, today, to kick off this series, I want to share with you um, uh, this idea of getting unstuck. Uh, because as we, as we dive into this book, Acts chapter one, verses one through 11, I think we see three big ideas that Luke writes to us here, three big kind of overarching ideas that, that is going to play out all throughout the rest of the book. But these three big ideas are connected, in my opinion, to three places we can get stuck as a church, if we're not careful. So if you have a Bible, open it up, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Here we go. Here's what Luke writes, first verse. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen. Now, let's just stop right there. First thing, Acts is written by a guy named Luke to, to another guy, probably, possibly, some people don't believe it's an actual person. It's just kind of like, you know, this, this theoretical person or group of people, but uh, to somebody named Theophilus. And, and did you notice right there, he kind of gave us a thesis statement. He said, uh, this is, in my former book, I wrote all about what Jesus began to do and teach and the implication is that in this book, his second book, he's going to be writing about what Jesus continued to do through the disciples. So I know that Acts is called like Acts of the Apostles, but it might be better, it might be better titled to say this is like, these are the Acts of God, the Holy Spirit through the apostles. It's not the acts of the apostles, it's the acts that God did through the apostles. All right, let, let's, let's, let's finish out our section and then I'll share with you those three big ideas. Verse three, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. 
he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Well, Jesus said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after this, he was taken up before them, before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Verse 10, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky. This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Three big ideas that coordinate to three places that we can get stuck. Are you ready? You got those notebooks, you got your pen, you got your pencil, you got your other tablet device, you could take notes with your thumbs. Here we go. Big idea number one, purpose is given. I'm going to go ahead and let you know it's Pentecost Sunday. All my points start with the letter P. Can I get a, an amen on that one? All right, here we go. Point number one, big idea number one, purpose is given. See, what we see right here at the beginning of the book of Acts is Luke is telling us why we are alive, why we are breathing, why we have received the grace of Jesus Christ. He's saying, hey, listen, you got to understand your purpose. Your purpose is to live distinctive lives and to carry the name of Jesus to every human being so that they may call on his name, be transformed, and go live distinctive lives, carrying his name wherever they go to every human being so that those people can, can call on his name, be transformed, and live distinctive. You see what, like... Do you see the pattern? Like, like he, Luke is telling us, like, hey, right here is your purpose. Your purpose is given. You see, in his resurrection, Jesus has been enthroned as Israel's Messiah and therefore as the rightful king of the entire world. Now, now in those days, when a, when a new king would, would, would take the throne, he, he would send out messengers or heralds to go all throughout the land to proclaim the good news that the king has assumed his authority. And so in Rome, right, like whether it was Claudius or Nero or some other emperor, right, some other Caesar, when they took the throne, they would dispatch people from Spain to Britain to Egypt to tell the news that a, a new rightful king has taken his position of authority. And that is exactly what Jesus is telling his disciples they have to do now. 
They're heralds of a new king, not as someone who may become king at some point in the future. No, 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 no. Someone who has already been enthroned because death couldn't keep him down and the grave couldn't lock him in. He's already been enthroned, but he's not yet, it, it's not yet complete because the heralds have to go out and spread the good news. And brothers and sisters, what I want you to see is this is the first sticking point. This is the first place we can get stuck. Purpose has been given, but for us, man, it is entirely too easy to turn inward when we're supposed to turn outward. Did you see the, the foreshadowing, the warnings, right in the passage that we just read? Look, look at this again, verse 6. Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Lord, do we just get to sit back and relax and kind of take it all in? We don't have to, we don't have to do anything because are you just going to restore it all right now, Jesus? And then look, and Jesus says, that's not for you to know that. But then look what happens in verse 11. The, 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 the messengers appear, right? The, the men robed in white appear. And they say, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking in the sky? As if to say, like, they're, they're sitting around here thinking like, hey, I guess we'll just stand here until he comes back, yeah? No. No. You're witnesses. You are witnesses. And everybody is involved in this. Nobody gets to just stand and look at the sky or, or stand and watch somebody else do all the work. That's not how, that's not how it works. This Jesus, this Jesus thing, this good news, it's not limited to just a few people telling the story. It's not, it's not limited. Jesus says, Jesus says, friends, listen, you're going to receive the Spirit, and you're going to be heralds, messengers. That's your new purpose. And, and in a world that is hostile to the truth and grace of Jesus Christ, you're going to carry my name everywhere you go. And yeah, it's going to be a climate of spiritual conflict. And yeah, it's going to be a climate of opposition. Listen, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. He, when you read through the book of Acts, here's something you're going to discover. All the amazing people, they die. <laughs> In the book of Acts, all the awesome people, by the time we get to the end, they're either dead or they're on death's doorstep. But that doesn't stop them. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't stop the, the drive that they have, the purpose that they've been given to be heralds, to be messengers, to get the good news to every man, woman, boy, and girl that they come in contact with. And so as you read through the book of Acts, what you discover is that they go to every nook and cranny to tell this story. They go all over the place. And you need to know this. Listen, listen to me. Lean in, lock eyes with me on your screen right now. You have a place in this story. You have a place. I, 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 received, this, I received this word, I think it was on Monday. Monday during our Facebook prayer. Um, I was just praying and all of a sudden, like, like, you know, when, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, you've been praying and then all of a sudden you say something out of your mouth and you're like, where did that come from? 
well, that happened to me, man, and I believe the Lord just gave me a prophetic word for our church, but also for some of you and for me as well, like for, for all of us. And I, I went inside and I wrote it down because I was like, I don't want to miss that. I don't want to forget that. And you gotta, you got to listen to me. It's time for some of you to stand up and take your place in the kingdom of God because there are men and women waiting on you to realize your purpose. Here's what the Lord told me. He said, he, in that prayer, it kind of just came out, and as I meditated on it more, he, he said, I have called you, Vertical Church, Josh, you individual watching this, I have called you to mother and father generations and a movement in your region. But first, you must mature beyond your infant state to give birth to new believers and the move of the Spirit that I want to ignite in you. Come on, somebody. God wants to birth people through you, but we got to own our purpose. We got to mature we got to stand up and take our place in the story of God. And I'm telling you, man, we gotta, we got to be awakened by God's Spirit and, and see the gospel just ignite throughout Hampton Roads in five years, ten years from now. You're going to be telling the story. It was the summer of 2020. You remember coronavirus? Well, it was that summer where God did something in me, and I received purpose, and I received power, and people started being blessed, and I've never been the same again. And I'm telling you, some of y'all are going to grab that, and you're going to run with it because purpose is given, but we can't get stuck and turn inward when he's trying to turn us outward to the people around us. Big idea number two. I got three big ideas and three places we can get stuck. Big idea number two. Power is available. Power is is available. There's purpose, but there's also power because God-sized assignments require God-sized assistance. Can I get an amen? Come on, right there in the comments, like give me a virtual amen, a digital amen. Man, listen, the prophets of the Old Testament, they spoke about this moment. They foresaw this moment when God himself would come to indwell people just like us. And, and next week, man, that, like, that's what next week is about. Like We're going to be talking about the power. We're going to be talking about the fire that comes to burn up some stuff in us and ignite us so that we spread the gospel like wildfire wherever we go. And that's next week. But here's the thing. Here's the sticking point. Power is available, but many of us have the tendency to try to move in our own power. We try to move in our own power. Listen, listen, friend, God isn't waiting on you to be powerful. God is waiting for you to receive the power that he's made available in the Holy Spirit. And the strength that you need to stand with the courage and boldness in your workplace, in your school, in your neighborhood, to, to spread the gospel, to take ownership of your calling, to realize your purpose, all of that, the strength that you need to live distinctively in this world. As the old song put it, the strength you need to walk the world in white, it's the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus tells them, that's why Jesus tells them to wait in Jerusalem. He says, don't get started on the purpose until you receive the power. And for many of us, for many of you, 
That's the missing link. That's the missing link for some of us. We're trying, to, we're trying to realize God's purpose in our lives, but we're disconnected from his power. We've got to connect to the power that's available. There's no way we should try to do anything as, a, as an individual, as a church, as a movement, anything apart from the, from the Holy Spirit. It's not possible. So more on that next week. We'll be talking about power a lot. So three big ideas connected to three places we can get stuck as we, as we dive into this reset series. So big idea number three. Number one, right? What was number one? Number one was purpose is given. Number two, power is available. And number three, people are our target. People. See, the move of God isn't bound to only one or two types of people. People, just people, are our target. All peoples. The thing I love about the church is that the church is this beautiful, diverse, multicolored, multi-generational family of Jesus Christ. And this week has been a tough week. This week has been a hard week. You've seen it on your social media. You've seen it on the news. And I just want to be as, as straightforward and as honest as I can be. In the church of Jesus Christ, and in Vertical Church in particular, there is absolutely no room for racism, classism, sexism, or any other ism that would seek to divide the family of God. No place. And we cannot be silent when our brothers and sisters are being, are being um, maligned and murdered and, and outcast. Like we can't stay silent, church, because people are our target. I love the vision that we get in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. John looks and he says, I saw a great multitude that no one can count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. But come on, that's the sticking point, isn't it? Because as human beings, we have, we have the incredible ability to always create an us and a them. Amen. Amen, Pastor Josh. That was, let me say it again for the people in the back. As human beings, we have this unfortunate, incredible ability to always separate ourselves, us and them. And we do it along, it's, it's white and black or brown, it's, it's men and women, it's, it's rich and poor, it's east and west, it's educated and non-educated, it's blue collar and white collar. And we have, we, we have all of these ways to create pockets of people that then we can label and determine that they're not worthy to receive the gospel and infilling the gospel of Jesus Christ and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Because that's the sticking point. That's the sticking point for us. And I think that's why Jesus tells them what he does. I think that's why Jesus tells them, "Hey guys, listen. As soon as this thing moves beyond Jerusalem and Judea, cuz Judea is kind of the surrounding countryside of Jerusalem." 
As soon as this thing moves out of the neighborhood, guys, I want you to go to Samaria first. It's Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Guys, you got to go to Samaria first. Well, what is Samaria? Samaria is the land of the of the the people group that the that the Israelites hated, these semi-foreigners living right next door. And on Pentecost Sunday, like our church, Vertical Church, if you're new with us, we're a Pentecostal church. Like we believe in the in the full uh, the, the full person of the Holy Spirit baptizing us, filling us, all of it. Give us that and then some, Lord. Um, but the Pentecostal church, the thing I love about it, the thing that, 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 that I think is so beautiful is that in the beginning, before like the 20s came, it was marked by a refusal to roll with the social and cultural and political norms that called for racial segregation. Even in the South, where Jim Crow laws stood, stood in place. Pentecostal denominations, Pentecostal churches were interracial before we got way off course in the 20s and, and got co-opted by other people with other agendas. When this thing started, it was everybody. It was people. Why? Because an authentic move of the Spirit of God always involves people from every nation, tribe, people, and language because that's how God rolls. And we can't forget that, church. We can't get so narrow-minded. We can't put the blinders on that we forget that people are our target, not a certain kind of people, not a class of people, not a color of people. People are our target because they are sons and daughters loved by the Father, wooed by the Son, wanting to be filled by the Spirit of God. People are our target. So as we wrap this thing up today on Pentecost Sunday, these challenges that we face, these sticking points, to be passive, to, to wait for someone else to go, to wait for someone else to, to turn outward and, and, and stay inward, to, to move in our own power rather than moving in the Spirit's power, to, to rely on our own strength, our own confidence, and then to limit the move of God to just people like us or people who think like us or believe like us or look like us rather than just people. These challenges aren't simply, hear me right, they are intellectual challenges, but they're not simply intellectual challenges. They're also experiential challenges, meaning that they are challenges that call for an experience of the Spirit of God. That doesn't... that. That doesn't mean that, that's, that we don't take action. Please hear me what I'm saying. Like, yes, heart change is important, but like Martin Luther King said, like, it would be really great if you could stop them from lynching me while their heart gets changed, okay? So understand what I'm saying and not saying. I'm not saying that we don't try to make change in the, in the political sphere or in the societal sphere. We do, but we have to understand that these challenges for the church, they call us to an experience of the Spirit of God, to, to, to let the fire of the Holy Spirit burn away all the impurities hiding out in our hearts. Let revival start in here. Let the fire of God burn away everything that doesn't look like Jesus in my life. And let's take that to the world. More on that.
next week. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be here today. And God, as we get ready to go into one more worship song, God, we just invite you, Holy Spirit, here and now, come fill this place. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill every living room, every kitchen, every bedroom, every vehicle, wherever people are participating with us today. Fill that split space, God. Fill that space, Holy Spirit, and fill us fresh and fill us anew with purpose and power for the people that you want to send us to. In Jesus' name, come on, let's go into one more worship song and let's make it count, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.